0: So what a privilege to um, have yet another Thanksgiving service and I really love Thanksgiving services because they remind me how good it is to be able to give things away. Um, And you know all of us together this year are going to be responsible for giving away over 200 hampers in our city and for us that's a really important part of changing our city. So yes, (laughs) thank you and well done. Uh, But also very aware that for some people, um, you know, it's not a time of great prosperity. It's not a time where it's easy to bring gifts um, and bring stuff today. So we don't want anyone to be feeling bad or feeling that their gift is not very much because we all know, don't we, that God doesn't read things in the classic sort of worldly way of how we give and doesn't judge what we give um, just on the surface. So I don't know if you remember the story of the woman who was putting a little coin in the temple collection and Jesus says to the disciples that actually that little coin was worth far more to God um, than some of the bigger donations that were being given so we know it's not about the amount that we give um, but we should all feel proud because we're all giving this collectively and it is about being a body and being able to make a difference because we are the body of Christ together and we can do so much together as that um, so I'd like us to think a little bit about the idea of Thanksgiving and what it means to be thankful and In the context of when we come to God and we worship him and praise him like we just have. Because actually that in itself is such an important thing. And some of the simplest ideas in the Bible are the most important. And if we can really be people who are full of thanks and gratitude for the things that God has given us then I think that that will take us a long way um, towards being the best people that we can be. Just uh, a few verses from the Bible to illustrate how important it is, the idea of thanksgiving. Psalm 100 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Just that idea that God, for his own sake, is worthy of us just saying, thank you, Lord, for who you are. And when we come to you, we're just going to thank you because you're so great. Um Also, it's worth saying in the Psalms, you know, that if you're not feeling great, there are a lot of Psalms that you can turn to that give you a language for lament as well and for feeling rubbish and for feeling that life's not fair. So the Bible is a great book for giving us a language for being able to express what we want to express to God. Uh, Just a couple of verses or three verses from the New Testament Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. And devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, comes up all the time. And let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. So being thankful is not just an add-on and coming and praising God at the beginning of the service is not just a kind of fill-in or a gap to be filled before we come to the important bit, which is the sermon. And um, this is like a sermonette, by the way, um, <laughs> a short sermon today. Um, and perhaps maybe it's not so important as our normal long sermons that we have from my wonderful husband. Um, <laughs> but the praise and worship and the thanksgiving is not less important than the sermon because it's actually such an important thing to come to God with a thankful heart. To illustrate that, I want to look at a part of the Bible where it talks about what happens when we don't come to God with thankful hearts or we don't live as those who are thankful towards God. And it's from a passage in um, the book of Romans. I'm going to read out just a few, a couple of verses. Um, and it's talking to a group, about a group of people who are just living in the wrong way. And all of their um, behaviors are really bad and they're um, treating each other badly and it's not a very nice place to live. And Paul actually puts this down to the fact that they're worshipping the wrong thing. And he says about these people, for although they knew God, they, didn't glo- they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. They claimed to be wise, and they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for idols and images. And if you just think about some of those ideas, they, although they knew God, um, they didn't glorify him, and they didn't give thanks to him. And so their thinking became muddled, and their values became mixed up. And instead of worshipping God, they started to worship the things that God had made. Um, And that is a kind of, I think Paul is reminding us of the story of Adam and Eve um, in the Garden of Eden. And in that story, which is in the first book of Genesis of the Bible, first book of the Bible of Genesis, Um, The serpent comes to Eve after God's created a beautiful, good world. The serpent comes to Eve and he says, Did God really say that you shouldn't eat from any tree in the garden? Now, Eve had to think about it. And she did actually give quite a good answer. But it's interesting that when Satan tempts people, when he tempts us he comes and says something which is just actual rubbish. He actually misrepresents God. He misrepresents what God has said to us, what he's promised to us. And actually, if Eve had really been at the top of her game in understanding what God had done for her, and if she was really grateful for what she had in that beautiful garden and all the things that she was allowed to have then she would have been stronger in being able to realize that the devil was making her want something that she couldn't have. And this is a really important thing that we need to understand, that the word that is used in the Bible for this is coveting. And it's one of the Ten Commandments. It says, don't covet. Don't want what you shouldn't have. Um, So we mustn't have any seeds of doubt about God's goodness um, in our hearts, just as Eve shouldn't have had a seed of doubt about what God had given to her. Because if she was fully grateful and fully um, giving glory to God for what she had, then she wouldn't have slipped up. And we would actually be in a much better place if she hadn't slipped up. (laughs) Um, So at this time of year, this is really important, this idea of not wanting what we don't need, what we, sh- what we shouldn't want. Um, and kids, I want you to think for a minute about some adverts that you might have seen on the television and how when you see these brilliant things on TV, like maybe some toys or games, how maybe the first thing that comes into your mind might be, oh, I really want one of those for Christmas. Hands up. I see that hand. (laughs) Okay, so we are all guilty of being able to be tempted by things that we don't need. And I would like us to watch this film clip for a minute and for us to think about what is the message of what it's trying to say to us. I'm alive! I'm alive! Yeah? Yeah. Uh, Hey, Christine, you're here too. I love you. It goes on and off, whatever we want. <laughs> We've got clean water. Oh, that's great! Look at that. Ooh. I bet I know what this does. Rain down the glorious water. Ah, shoes. Oh, what do we got here, guys? Food. Mm, I love food. What? Um, am a toothpaste? Do you not have work? This is awesome. Come on, Listen here. Dee, hey, the what? Jack, be careful. Whoa. I have a car! Did you guys see this? Yeah, you have a car. Oh Do we think that maybe this Christmas, kids, do you think maybe mum and dad should just wrap you all up and wrap themselves up and wrap up all the toys that you've already got in your toy box and wrap up your Christmas lunch? Do you think we should do that? I tell you what, it's Steve's, uh, it's Steve's birthday next week, uh, which he probably didn't want me to tell you, but I'll, I'll practice doing it for his birthday and I'll tell you how I got on, all right? <laughs> actually i think that we don't have to go to that extreme you'll be pleased to know um but what it is saying to us is that the most important things that we've got in life are the things that we've got already um the relationships that we have we need to look after each other don't we We uh, Mums and dads need to look after the children but also the children need to look after mums and dads and say thank you to them when they do nice things for you and um, appreciate each other because actually the more we have the more responsibility we have to look after it and sometimes that can be really hard and sometimes we can get so we've got too much stuff um, and that can be not a good thing. But there is a tension, isn't there, because if we only ever thought like that, that we've got enough already, then we should be content, which again is a good thing, isn't it? It's good that we're content, it's good that we're thankful, it's good that we're grateful. But then what about the fact that God promises us stuff? And what about the fact that he wants us to want more good things for a hurting world? And what about the fact that he wants us to remember that he's a good, good father and he gives us the things that we need and the things that we long for? So what about that tension? How do we get around that? Um, Rachel last week spoke about being brave and courageous, like Joshua in the Old Testament, and pushing forward into the, the good things that God's promised us. So How do we work out that tension between being content and yet knowing that God wants to give us more? You know, if we're sick, God wants to heal us. All of those things are good things and it's not bad that we should want them. It's a good thing. And when we're in that place, we're in a place of waiting, aren't we? We're in a place of waiting and sometimes longing for something. And I just want to read a few verses from the book of Hosea, which is quite a well-known passage about when things aren't as they should be. And the prophet is talking about, uh, for Israel, things were not going well. And it says that, "...though the fig fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the sheepfold and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. The sovereign Lord is my strength and he makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Perhaps not words that we would express in that way today. Perhaps we might say it in a different way. But this writer in the Bible was able to say that even although life is pretty rubbish, I'm going to be thankful to God because of who he is, because he's my strength, and um, I'm going to wait patiently, it says. So <clears throat> many of us can be in a time like this for all sorts of reasons, and um, when we're, when we're in this time, it's good for us to remember that God does actually want us to ask him for things. When I was teaching, I, uh, one of the first values that we had to learn, I think we had to learn something like, uh, I can't remember, hundred values of what we should know as, and what we should want to achieve as being a good teacher. And the first one was um, have high expectations And the the idea was that when you walk into that classroom, you have expectations about behaviour, about what kind of um, attention people are going to give to what you're teaching them, um, the the learning that the people are going to take on board. And it's all about having high expectations. And it made me think that actually one of the worst things we can do to the people we love is to have low expectations of them. Because if we have really, really low expectations and we just say, oh, love is just do whatever you want, then we let people walk all over us and we, uh, and we don't have good relationships and we don't encourage them to be all that they can be. You know, with our kids, we have high expectations. Not too high, though. So it's all about finding that level, isn't it? And finding that level of what love actually is in our relationships, And it's the same with our good, good father. It's knowing um, what to cry out for, not to call out for the things that we don't need. And like Eve and that family reminded us um, that there's lots of things we don't need. uh, Lots of things that we shouldn't be longing for and spending our life going after. And yet there are things that God wants to give us. And he does want us to pray that prayer. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And we're going to, um, after, we're going to in a moment, all of you should have a piece of paper. And a pen, and I want us to, in groups, for just a couple of minutes, either in family groups or you can do it as individuals as well. It's however it works for you. I would like us all to do a being grateful list that maybe we can put on the fridge at home or just have um, somewhere that you can see it, maybe this week, so that we are very conscious of knowing how to be grateful for the things that we've got. Um, and yet also using that as the basis for praying for the things that we know God wants to give us as well Um, so should we do that either as families so if you've got children you can do that with them and get them encourage them to think about things that you have they have that they can be grateful to God for do that for a couple of minutes We're just going to finish by looking at some quotations, and there's a guy called William Arthur Ward who says some quite good things about gratitude. He says, Gratitude can transform common days into thanksgivings, turn routine jobs into joy, and change ordinary opportunities into blessings. And also he says that feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. And I think that's true. Um, and then our dear Oprah Winfrey says that says that we should be thankful for what we have. Because if we concentrate on what we don't have, we'll never ever have enough. And I think that's true as well. And then a quote from Jesus who um, said this because it says he did in Acts, but actually it can't be found anywhere in the Gospels, and that's something I learned this week. (laughs) Um, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. So bless everyone. Thank you so much for all of your giving. Thank you for being who you are, and thanks kids for helping us do this service. It's been absolutely amazing, all of you who've um, participated.